Cry is back, and this time it's the song The Beast of the Bottomless Lake from their album Rack Attack 2.0, and it's opening up episode 206 of Monster Kid Radio, the podcast where we celebrate the classic and sometimes not so classic genre cinema of yesteryear. I am your host, writer, and producer, Derek M. Cook. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to some more conversation about the movie Zat. The motion picture Zat is one of the most incredible stories of modern time. Don't miss Zat. This 1971 gem by director Don Barton was the topic of our conversation in episode 205 a couple of days ago with Chris McMillan from the website The Shadow Over Portland. During that conversation, during that discussion, he told us that he went to Florida recently and was fortunate enough to check out some of the locations where the film Zat was produced. So he's going to tell us about his trip to Florida, and then we're going to talk a little bit more about Zats and why it's important, we feel, to honor these monster movies long after they're produced. Why don't we go ahead and get to that right after this. Five, four, three, two, one. Blast off for the fantastic Space Age shock show, The Wizard of Mars, starring John Carradine. The Wizard of Mars. Never before in the history of motion picture technology has there been anything like the frightening new dimension of ultra-depth. It's not 3D, it's new. The most thrilling movie experience of all time. The Wizard of Mars dares you to remain seated as gigantic fireballs crash out of the screen and explode over your head. The Wizard of Mars double dares you to remain in the theater as a Martian electrical storm crashes into the audience. The Wizard of Mars triple dares you to retain control of your mind as telepathic creatures attack your brain, crash diving into a thundering time storm to experience the most incredible screen journey ever taken. A beautiful girl and three desperate men against the fury of Mars. The alien beauty of the Martian landscape and the glistening subterranean Martian canal as you ride the rapids into the fiery depths of the Martian underworld. Journey through the Valley of Fire at the center of the Red Planet. Enter, if you dare, the haunted Martian city of the dead. Beware of the ghost-like creatures who refuse to die. Encounter the Colossus of the Universe, the mighty Wizard of Mars, conqueror of a thousand worlds, master of the stars. Witness a battle with a gigantic spike pendulum of death at the center of time. See the Holocaust as two great universal forces destroy the mighty Martian time dome. Don't miss The Wizard of Mars, starring John Carradine as the wizard, with this great cast at a specially equipped theater or drive-in in Ultra Depth, color by Deluxe. For the past 200 plus episodes, we release a new show twice a week covering some sort of classic 
monster movie. And I'm talking going all the way back to the silence to the late 60s, maybe even toe dipping into the 70s every once in a while, covering these kinds of films. Not only do we talk about the movies, we talk about the fandom of these kinds of movies and have had interviews with people who are connected to these classic monster movies. We've spoken with Sarah Karloff, Victoria Price, Julie Adams, even Joel Hodgson, and people like filmmaker Christopher R. Mim. I love producing Monster Kid Radio, and with your help, we can make Monster Kid Radio even better. Thanks to the patrons, we've already covered the basics. URL, podcast hosting fees, all of that is covered thanks to those who have supported our Patreon page. Some of our other milestones include things like creating a behind-the-scenes production journal-style podcast, We'll go out once a month with bloopers, outtakes, just kind of my behind-the-scenes process of producing Monster Kid Radio. We can do monthly commentary tracks for classic monster movies because, let's face it, a lot of our favorite monster movies just don't have the commentary track that we'd like to see included on a DVD or Blu-ray release. We hit this milestone, Monster Kid Radio is going to start producing those commentary tracks. We also are looking at having some original artwork created for the podcast by commissioning original artwork from various creators and then making that artwork available for all the listeners to enjoy. And finally, our highest milestone, we're looking to launch a monthly audio drama, one part old-time radio, one part classic monster movie, and all parts awesome. And of course, by supporting Monster Kid Radio at the various levels, you may get yourself some nice rewards, up to and including a Monster Kid Radio care package mailed directly to you from the Monster Kid Radio studio. Now, Monster Kid Radio will always be free to download, and the best thing that you can do for me is just download the show and listen. I appreciate having you guys and gals give me your ears for anywhere from an hour to two hours a week. I love talking about monster movies. I love talking about classic horror, sci-fi, and fantasy. I would be doing this anyway that I get to do it in front of a microphone and share it with people. That's a bonus. The monster gravy? Well, that's hitting the other milestones. With your support, I'm sure we'll be able to hit those milestones soon. Thanks for listening, and thanks for your support. That is an incredible motion picture. It is the story of a demented scientist who is convinced he can turn humans into fish, proving it by transforming himself into a revengeful killer monster. With a deadly radioactive substance, he pollutes rivers and lakes. Fish grow to unbelievable size and attack all human life. His goal, destroy the earth with his hideous fish creatures. That is a frightening ex- Don't miss that. I'm a big fan of this film. I'm a big fan of this film. And when I found out that you were going to be going to Florida mm-hmm. and you mentioned, and you mentioned it to me, you're like, you yes. know, they shot that in Florida. Oh, well, we got to do a show. You got to go. I go to Florida every year for, uh, to go visit my folks. And they're always big on, you know, spending one day doing something that whoever's down me or my brother wants, or my brothers want to do, you know, we don't show up at the same time. So they were like, so what do you want to do? And I'm like, I want to go to green cove Springs. And they're like, Huh? <laughs> <laughs> they're like, what? And then I told them, and they're like, okay, sure, we'll do that. So we all piled in the car one day and headed up, and um, we got to Green Cove Springs. I did some research. You know, both my mom and I did some research. I called the Green Cove Springs City Hall. Oh, really? Yeah. And oh, this is the first time I've heard any of this, folks. I'm, I'm interested to hear how this goes. Yeah, I called them before I uh, took off for Florida, and I'm like, hey, I'm, I'm coming up. I want to, you know, visit your uh, city because I know they filmed Zat there. I have to say the person was kind of like, yeah, yeah, well, if you go to Walnut Street, you'll find the locations. 
like there's uh no there's you know just just go to walnut street and that was about the extent of our conversation oh that's too bad yeah i'm like uh-huh um i looked up the uh, city's webpage and they don't even mention the movie that is so sad i know oh you know my mom's like are you sure this is the place because i did some research and it, the only thing i she could find was that they were trying to turn it into a 55 and over retirement community at one point huh so we google mapped it we headed up the road we got there we got to walnut street and i recognized the scene that they shot there it was what about an hour into the film when the sheriff's trying to calm the town folks and getting everybody out of town yeah yeah it's one of the, yeah. the crowd scenes yeah uh-huh yeah that's the, the street there's just a row of buildings and obviously they changed they don't look the same but it's like oh this is the place this is the place and uh-huh. i'm like park anywhere and unfortunately my father wasn't able to find a parking spot so we ended up going two or three blocks further than uh, the street but i'm like okay i can walk it no problem and we ended up at the green cove spring park okay and it's like well i'll just walk up over there but it had been a two-hour drive so i figured i'm just gonna go to the bathroom walk across this little bridge over the over you know the spring runoff and then i'm coming back towards the sidewalk and i'm like wait a sec bridge park bench chair the building looks a little different it they shot the scene where walker's running around with his little guider counter yeah yeah and there's a bridge in the background but he crosses a spring anyway you know without going over the bridge and ends up back on a road i think that's the same place okay the bridge is different i mean the bridge now has handrails because you know it's, it's a lot safer than just a uh, arching bridge over a spring pond and there's a couple more park benches but it really looked just like it so i've got a picture of that which i'll be putting on my facebook page and then i went across the main area to the place where they shot uh, the crowd scene and a bit further down is the first baptist church where the crew would set up and the congregation there apparently fed the crew and actors when they were there and also played some of the extras in the night scene that uh, they shot nice yeah it was really kind of cool but you know i mean what surprises me is the town doesn't even acknowledge this film there's no placard there's nothing you know it's odd when you watch the blu-ray i don't know if you checked out all the special features but there's a radio interview Mm-hmm. with some of the people involved in the movie, and they're promoting what they call the re-premiere yes. in the local area. And they made it sound like it was a pretty big deal when they did the re-premiere. Mm-hmm. That was just a few years ago. Yeah, and apparently it was. It, it, apparently it did really well for them when they, when they re-premiered it. Yeah, they took it to Statesboro, Georgia, but it didn't do quite as well. But yeah, when they uh, showed it you know, in Jacksonville, it was a big deal. But yeah, the town, they didn't have anything about it. And I get it. It's that. It's a low-budget monster movie. It's not a big-budget thing. It doesn't have major stars. But, you know, your city was in a movie. You should at least acknowledge that. Yeah, I mean, it's not like, you know, a lot of the... I mean, here in Portland, we've had movies and TV shows shot here all the time. It's not like we have to click onto one and be like, mm-hmm. this is where we, you know, it's not like that. I mean, that was this low-budget, one-of-a-kind thing that happened in some of this area. That's yeah. that's a shame. Well, you said a second ago they were trying to turn it into a, a, an older 
like a senior community? Is that still yes. what they were trying to do? Is that what the population felt like? No, according to my parents, that didn't work out. Oh, okay. And honestly, I came across the Clay Theater there, and it's, you know, I think they showed Zat there once, and it's closed. Huh. The buildings are now, you know, little boutique-y type stores, but I, I don't think they were able to do the 55 and older community thing very well, because it, it's the population certainly, when I was walking around, didn't feel that way. Okay. But yeah, I talked to a few people who had lived there for a while and they didn't even know about the movie. They're like, really? Huh. <laughs> I'm just like, huh. you know, I mean, it's like they could bring people in possibly just on the strength of that, of that. I mean, Possi- well, I, I mean, I, I made the trip. Well, that's true. That's true. I mean, we live in Oregon and we have a small ish city in Oregon that once a year celebrates a movie that was shot there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm talking about Astoria and the Goonies. And yes. I know they do this big Goonies thing. And you know, I, I actually know one of the listeners of Monster Kid Radio is going to be out there this year for Goonies. I, what do they call it? Celebration? I don't know. Yeah. I was there for the first time last summer. And yeah, everybody knows where Go- the Goonies house is. So people who live in the Goonies house now are like, yeah, come on up. Check it out. Just don't come knock on the door because it's our private home. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> don't, don't leave garbage and don't mess with the animals. But yeah, you can come up and take a picture. That's fine. Yeah. You, you know, know, just and, be respectful. Yeah. And Astoria really does kind of embrace that and celebrate that. They have copies of the Goonies on DVD for you to check out at all the hotels. So if you're staying in a hotel, you can go down to the desk and get Goonies and watch in your room. You know, they, they embrace it. Mm-hmm. But we're talking, that's the Goonies. Yes. <laughs> This is a 1971 monster movie that had limited distribution. So I, I wonder. I don't yeah, know. but you know, I mean, just you'd think something. I mean, I'm not talking about a big celebration thing, but you know, just something somewhere saying, "Hey, and this is the site where that was filmed." Right. I mean, I wonder if part of it is. I mean, Don Barton's no longer with us. He passed away in 2013. I wonder if he was still around. Yeah. If maybe they'd do something. Um, and it's not like he wasn't part of the industry. I mean, he was based out of Jacksonville and he did all those industrial films like we talked about. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he was part of the economy. He wasn't just this guy who came in and made a movie. So I, I don't know. You know, I mean, like I said, you'd figure just something, but it's almost like the person I was talking to is like, Oh God, yeah, that thing again, let's get him off the phone. I got <laughs> other things to do. We have another weirdo on the phone asking about Zat. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of what it felt like. It's like, you know, oh, yeah, well, yeah, they filmed it. Just go here and you'll find it. You know, now, don't get me wrong. I had a great time up there. Awesome. It was so much fun, especially when I first when I found the the bridge and went, hey, I think they shot that scene here. Nice. That was a treat. My folks took pictures of me in front of the sign. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, You know, in front of the Walnut Street sign. So, you know, it was great. You know, but my mom was just like, well, you know, I'm sorry. They didn't really do anything. They didn't have this out. And I'm like, I'm still having a great time. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. I was also thinking about trying to get up to Marine Land. But from what I hear, they revamped that place really big a couple decades ago. So I don't think anything from either Zat or Revenge of the Creature is still around. I was going to mention that because at the top of this, I said Marine Land is, is our connective tissue between Zat and some of the definite movies that are in our wheelhouse here at MKR. Mm-hmm. Marine Land is where they shot a lot of Revenge of the Creature. They also shot it in the St. John's River, which is the river that runs right beside Green Spring Cove. Right. So there is a little bit of a connection between, I suppose, if I was really looking. <laughs> <laughs> 
I, I should mention this actually in a in a, a creature connection column in the Monster Alley Checkpoint newsletter. Talk about the connection between Zat and Creature from the Black Lagoon. You know, Riku Browning was actually consulted at one point too about the monster suit, according to oh, the commentary really? track. Yeah, they asked him how much they spent on the suit, and he's like, "Oh, about a hundred thousand dollars." Oh, well, thanks, <laughs> Mister Browning. Have a good day. Yeah, when they spend more on the suit for Creature than these guys had in their budget, it really shows you how hard they worked. <laughs> Oh, man, if Riku Browning had actually been in the movie, how amazing would that have been? Oh, God, that would have been awesome. <laughs> uh, but I don't think they could have afforded him at that time. Uh, well, you know, maybe. Or if he even was interested. I don't think he, well, I guess he was still, I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? Not that it needed it. I think the movie's got a lot of charm on its own. So, Oh, yeah, it's 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 a great watch. And it, it's nice to have it in a format where someone did a great job restoring it, made it look good. So you can just enjoy the movie as it's supposed to be. I mean, I know they did the MST3K. I know Elvira did it. But, you know, sometimes you just want to watch the movie. You don't need to have someone telling you how bad an effect looks. No, I mean, I think, especially if you're in your right mindset, and I hope by the time you're done listening to this, you are, if you haven't seen the movie yet. Yes. It's a fun little monster movie made in the 70s by people who really wanted to make a monster movie. Mm-hmm. That's all you really need to know going into it. And yeah, you're going to see the seams. You're going to see where the makeup ends and, and the, the skin begins. And you're going to see the space behind the eyes. And you're going to see all this stuff that you know it makes it scream low budget. You're going to see the incredible sideburns on one of the characters. that makes it feel like it's definitely a movie from the 70s. <laughs> but you know, it's still a lot of fun. You know, that guy with the sideburns, I believe that was the deputy sheriff, if I remember correctly. Oh, yeah. And he actually would go on to be in Jaws 3. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> yeah. He would actually go on and do a few other films here and there. That was his first. But mm-hmm. he would do a couple other things, small bits here and there. But you know, well, he's one of the few people to actually do more in the film industry uh, on the entertainment side after this film. Yeah, no, because I don't think too many, I think uh, no. everybody kind of went back to their day job of making commercials and stuff. Yep. And have gone on to have, you know, their own lives and do their own thing. And like yeah. one of them went on to become a, a preacher or a pastor somewhere. You know, I don't mm-hmm. know what all of them are doing now. Those who are even still with us. Yeah. And, and it sounds like when the production, when the, his distribution company went bankrupt and he couldn't get a hold of, you know, the film again, because it was locked up in this bankruptcy, uh, reading the article where he talks about it uh, on Jacksonville.com really makes it seem like he, that took the wind out of his sails. He kind of decided I'm not doing film ever again after that. How, there is that vibe in the commentary track too. There's some talk about how they lost control of the film. And some people started showing it without their okay and mm-hmm. it was being shown in, you know, in Mexico and Spanish and they had no involvement with that, whatever. He actually sued sci-fi when they did, um, the bloodwaters of Dr. Z on MST3K. Oh, did he? Yeah. And they pulled it and they put it back out after they settled with him out of court. I did not know that. Is that something you found online? That's fascinating. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I, I found it uh, several places, and they all say the same thing. You know, everybody thought it was because, you know, well, he's just upset that they're mocking his film, but he was like, no, it's a cease and desist order because you're not paying me for doing it. So once they agreed, they paid him something, you know, they were able to put it out, you know, Shout Factory put it out on DVD, I think, and, you know, they were able to rebroadcast it. Do you know, was that a Mike or a Joel episode of MSC3K? 
I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know either. It's a season 10 episode. So that would have to be Mike then. Yeah. Which I know even less about when it <laughs> – I don't know all the Joel episodes, but I know even less about the Mike episode, so. Yeah, I don't, I don't know who it was, but uh, yeah, it was when it was still on sci-fi or when it was on sci-fi yeah, instead of Yeah, that would have been Mike. Yeah. I'm sure Scott and Tracy Morris are sitting there going, no, it was this episode of <laughs> – because <laughs> they're Missy's from I'm way wrong, back. Please so. correct me. That's okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, you get the feeling. I haven't seen the movie yet with the commentary, but just reading his discussion about losing control of the film, not being able, you know, and, and having to fight to get it back, you just get the sense that he just was like, uh, I'm done with this. Uh, I made that's a, a shame. movie, and that's all of bad. a sudden, I can't even get a copy of it. And yes. hmm. Yeah. And people are showing they're not paying for the rights. I mean, God, that, that's got to be tough, you know, especially when they obviously work so hard to get this movie made. I mean, the passion shows. I mean, the passion shows and the finished product. It's there. Yeah. And from what I've heard, they never made the money back. Never happened. Yeah. Hmm. Now, now granted, a lot of the stuff was donated, but <laughs> so they didn't have to pay for it. But still, it would be nice to, to be able to sit on it and be like, you know, this, this made us a little bit of money. Mm-hmm. This was worth everybody's time. See, I got the check. So. Yeah, see, we at least made our money back. Let's go do it again. You know, because we learned so much, we can do a better job with something else. True. You know, that would have been nice for them to have gotten that sort of encouragement. But didn't turn out that way. Yep. But the nice thing is we still have it on DVD now and Blu-ray. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Now, I thought I had read somewhere that at one point, Barton was going to revisit this. Either it's like a remake or a spoof or mm-hmm. something. Did you stumble across any of that in your research? There was hints of it in the article I read because of the ambiguous ending. Uh, you know, they could easily have revisited it, but they never really explored it too far. Okay. And I mean, the ending does leave it pretty open. Oh, yeah, it does. And it would have been interesting to see what happens, but yeah, we never got that chance. I think a remake, w- or not a remake, but a sequel would be nice but most of the actors and the director aren't around so eh, maybe it's good just to leave it the way it is i want an input action figure that's what i want oh god that would be awesome <laughs> matching red jumpsuits and a winnebago i, I that's what i want little, yeah, little input and, and, play set <laughs> yeah and you can't forget the swamp buggy no you've got to have god, that you got to have the swamp buggy probably sold separately but you got to have it <laughs> well yeah all figures sold separately. <laughs> but, oh, yeah, you got to have that. So, if nothing else, that's the legacy I want. Well, that and the Blu-ray, which I think, again, we talk about Circuit Radio about how it's so unfortunate that so many of these classic movies that people like you and I love just get the bare bones release. Yeah, it and, is. You know, I mean, there was one that just came out. Oh, The Terror from Outer Space? Yeah. I saw that's coming out. Is it out now? It is out. I've got Ooh. it here. I haven't watched it yet, but it's just a bare bones release. And while it's cool to have it on blue, I'd love to have it on blue with the commentary track or, you know, a bunch of trailers or radio. And I don't know, something. It's just a standard release. Yeah. Wow. All of films is like that. They don't put out a lot of uh, special feature material. And, you know, that's really part of the industry, too. Everything's going to streaming and you don't do special features with streaming. So, yeah. I know, and that's that's a shame because it's always nice to you know get those extras. I love those extras. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I sure I haven't seen the commentary track on that yet, but I've gone through everything else. I don't have a Blu-ray player yet, yet. 
but the DVD has the radio interview and everything. It's it's basically the same thing. It's just on a different format, and I love going through that stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I don't know how it is on the DVD because I watched the Blu-ray. It's the same set. I mean, it sold them as a combo. But on the Blu-ray, is the menu on your DVD that wheel? Yes, it is. It's awesome. (laughs) It's great. (laughs) If you've only seen the movie on MST3K, folks, get the Blu-ray DVD combo. It's beautiful. It's done with a lot of care. There's all sorts of extras. It's well worth your time. And no, I don't own stock in the DVD company. So, <laughs> no, I agree with you 100%. I just checked real quick online, and you can find it on Amazon for $13 right now. It looks like it's on sale. Uh, they only have a couple left in stock, so jump on it now. I was talking with somebody else who listens to the show, and he picked it up super cheap at like a Best Buy or something. So oh. it's out there, and you get your hands on it. I recommend it. Does it say on the Amazon site, more on the way? It just says, only two left in stock. Order soon. Ooh, then it's out of print. And you know what happens when uh, when those things go out of print and you have to get them on the secondary markets, folks? Yeah. You're going to be paying real, you know, real you could, steep you increase. Could, yeah. Well, unless you're down in Green Cove Springs, Florida, where they're just like, oh, whatever, here's a movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, they don't even have it. They don't even have the DVD for sale there. It's ridiculous. <laughs> uh, but anyway, um, anyway. Yeah, no, grab grab it. It's, it's a great film and the features and everything, the restoration, make it a buy. Yep. Just, you have to have it. If you're a monster kid, if you like the classics, I think you're going to find a lot to like in Zap. So. Yeah. Well, I'm assuming that they're monster kids and because they're listening to us. Well, it's true. It's true. I'm just further justifying why I'm talking about a 1970s movie on the show. So. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, it is a couple years past your cutoff date, but hey. That's not a hard cutoff. No, I know it's not. (laughs) Oh, no, this was a lot of fun. And Chris, thank you for sharing your story about going to Florida. You're going to put the pictures on your Facebook page, you said? Hopefully. I hope if everything goes well, I will have an entire series of them out uh, by the time this broadcasts. Or is it a broadcast? Well, I don't know what to call these. Are broadcasts? Whatever. Okay. (laughs) As long as you don't mind. No. Um, yeah, so if you'll have like them on Facebook, we'll make sure there's a link to that in the show notes. Of course, we've got a link to The Shadow Over Portland in the link section of our website as well, which you've been very active with ever since you got back from Florida, posting stuff pretty much every other day, it seems like, which is awesome. Yeah, yeah. and I will be posting my story on The Shadow Over Portland. Oh, um, great. I'm working on writing that up right now. Okay. You know, when that goes live, we'll make sure we talk about it here on the show. If it goes out beforehand, awesome. Otherwise, we'll make sure we mention it on the show. And Chris, we'll have you on the show down the line as well, man. Oh, sounds great. I always love coming here talking monsters. Shadowoverportland.blogspot.com is where you're going to find Chris McMillan. Chris, thank you. Now, Chris is on Facebook, and he will be slowly putting up some of these photos from his trip to Florida. And, of course, he did mention that he's writing a piece about his trip for his website as well. So that'll be coming soon. And, of course, we'll have Chris on the show down the line as well. I love having Chris on the show. He was our very first guest, and I love that he keeps coming back for more. So, Chris, again, thank you for your support of Monster Kid Radio, and thanks for taking us along on your vacation, kind of, sort of. Three, two, one. From beyond space, it came. An unspeakable terror, so horrible, no man who saw it lived to tell another. Bone was its food, 
blood was its drink. All the earth was its prey. void of outer space, puny man matches his cunning against a monster from Mars running rampant, howling for all the flesh and blood on Earth. Facebook group listener Kevin posted, Derek, I know you're a big film score guy, and I fell in love with scores as a kid thanks to John Williams. In genre scores, I'm trying to navigate my way through the best. I've fallen in love with the creature score, and a lot of the Hammer and Toho films have incredible music. I was wondering if you'd consider doing an MKR episode or two on genre film scores, stuff you might recommend, or even your personal top ten. Kevin, and anybody else who's interested, I actually have something in the works. In the meantime, have you listened to our Live 365 internet radio station yet? Head over to monsterkidradio.net and click on Live 365. That's going to ultimately get you to our Live 365 internet radio station, which I've programmed with music and trailers from classic monster movies. It's the kind of stuff that I listen to all day long, and I wanted to share it with everybody here. So I hope people get a chance to check that out. Now, Live 365 is a free service, but it is ad-driven unless you pay extra to be like a premium member or whatever it is they call their VIPs. Uh, who knows? But So you might have to put up with an ad or two. That said, I've tried to put a ton of different types of music in there from classic monster movies. You mentioned Toho. There's a lot of awesome Toho music. The Universal Monster movies have beautiful scores. The Hammer stuff, completely different vibe, but so, so good. So go check that out. Also on our website, we've got quite a few other things going on, like a link to the 2015 Monster Rally Retro Awards Ballot. That's right. Every year on Monster Kid Radio, we're going to be honoring the best movies of the past. And this year, we're looking at 1931, 41, and 51 and trying to determine the best actor, actress, director, movie, and monster. Again, you can find the link to the ballot over on our website or go directly to tinyurl.com slash rallies. R-A-L-L-I-E-S-2015. The deadline for this ballot is June 7th. And please, only one vote per person. Directly beneath where you see the information about the Monster Rally Retro Awards on our website is a place for you to sign up for the Monster Rally Checkpoint, which is a monthly e-newsletter that I send out letting people know what's going on with Monster Kid Radio, Monster Rally Media, and everything else that we've got going on. You put in your email address and you get the monthly email. It's that easy. There's a column. There's horror movie trivia. Some announcements, things that are coming up, a sneak peek about an upcoming project that I've got going on that I think some Monster Kid Radio listeners might dig, as well as any new music I put into the Live 365 radio station. I'll mention it there as well. Now, that normally goes out near the end of the month, unless you're a Patreon supporter at the Toho level or higher, and then you just get it a little bit early. Our contact information is also on our website. Our email address is monsterkidradio at gmail.com, and our voicemail line is 503-479-5657. 
That's 503-479-5MKR. And I want to specifically ask you to call in or write in with something that's related to what we're covering next week here on Monster Kid Radio. Author Frank Schildener is coming back to the show, and we're going to talk about Frankenstein. He's got an upcoming Frankenstein novel coming out later this year that we're going to talk about, and we're going to talk about our individual top three movie Frankenstein monsters. I've already recorded the session with Frank, and he kind of threw me off a little bit. I wasn't expecting one of his picks. I mean, the solid picks all the way around, but one of them just really kind of, well, if I wasn't sitting down already, I probably would have sat down. Bottom line, it's an awesome conversation, and I would love to have you guys and gals in that conversation as well. So why don't you call in or write in your favorite top three, top two, or just your favorite portrayal of the Frankenstein monster on film. And I'll go over that next week as well. So come back next week for episodes 207 and 208 for Frankenstein Talk, more Monster Kid Radio goodness, and a little bit more surf music as well. Like you're going to hear right after I tell you that Monster Kid Radio is a registered service mark of Monster Kid Radio LLC. All original content of Monster Kid Radio by Monster Kid Radio LLC is licensed under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives, 3.0 unported license. Of course... The song, The Beast of the Bottomless Lake, that belongs to Molokai. It's on their album, Rack Attack 2.0. You can find them at molokaiu.bandcamp.com or follow the link in the show notes. Thanks to them for letting us play their music here on the show. Talk to everybody next week. <laughs> 